Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, as always, by DraftKings. Excited to get the wisdom from my man, Will Brinson. I feel like the Carolina Panthers need a deep dive this week. We don't do a lot of deep dives into one team, but I think anybody can relate on some level to what the Panthers are going through right now. So Will will join me momentarily on the big show. Patron of the day, Jason Granger. Welcome to the family, Jason. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Love those of you that spread the word via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. And, of course, take advantage of all of our awesome sponsors. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, as promised, we got my buddy Will Brinson. We don't do this often, and by this I mean sort of a deep dive into one team. But I feel like it's kind of warranted, right? I mean, they just the worst fired team football. a coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, they just fired a coach in the, the second shortest time in NFL history and the shortest since, like, some dude for the Niners or somewhere in the 70s. Right before they, they hired Bill Walsh. Pick last yeah. year. I mean, they're, they're, they're on schedule to have the number one pick this year, except it's not their number one pick. They're kind of a mess. So I want to bring in – my buddy Will Branson does an unbelievable job for CBS Sports on a lot of different levels, including the popular Pick Six podcast. Check him out on social media at Will Branson. Will, I, I'm gonna start with this, okay? You're gonna talk mainly about the Panthers here. What what were your and other people, just people don't know, Will lives in, in, in North Carolina. What were your and everybody else's initial thoughts? when Tepper bought the team from Richardson, because the end of the Richardson thing was bad. And I'm assuming people were like, oh, sweet, new owner, and he's like the richest owner in the league. Like, I'm guessing, like, the initial impressions were really good. Yeah, so I, I wrote in the story for CBSports.com, um, basically the Panthers have a David Tepper problem. And in it, I pointed out that the Panthers have become the new Browns. And part of that, Ross, is that 
I, you know, I remember writing for CBSSports.com a long time ago. Like I've been, there, it's been there for a long time, right? I remember Jimmy Haslam's opening press conference, and he comes out and he's bought the Browns, I think, from the Lerner family, right? And he's like, he's like, I'm fired up to the max, and it was like, oh man, like how can you not be pumped up like this, like? Tennessee businessman is like, you know, a volunteers guy. He's going to come in and bring some of that like Knoxville swagger. Like, you know, he's like fly a J like he's just, I'm fired up to the max. And you're thinking like, yeah, like this guy's from the Steelers. He's, he's amped up. He's excited. He's going to bring this energy and he gets there and he just can't keep his hands off the damn team. And he's like firing guys left and right. Johnny Manziel, he's drafting Johnny Manziel because a homeless guy told him to like all kinds of weird stuff. And then David Tepper takes over the Panthers and he buys the Panthers and he's a Steelers minority owner, just like Jimmy Haslam, or a former one. And he's the immediately the richest owner by, uh, by like, five times any other owner, which is crazy because these are all rich billionaires. And Tepper buys the team, and you're thinking, this guy's got so much cash to throw around. He's going to be in, in – in, I think it's worth noting that um, another – like so, and, and Tepper made his money, like, in the financial crisis, like, buying uh, distressed assets. And Tom Dundon, the Hurricanes owner, Carolina Hurricanes, the hockey team, had also sort of had, like, a similar sort of uh, pathway to becoming – uh, rich in terms of distressed assets, and he'd come in and done really good things with the Hurricanes. And so it sort of felt like, all right, this is going to be similar to, to what Dundon did uh, in Raleigh. Well, Tepper takes over, and just like a lot of new owners, and this is why I think even if, if Washington is excited about the, Josh Harris, you got to be a little skeptical until you see what actually happens, like what moves they actually make. Tepper takes over and is pretty chill for the first year, right? 2018, Ron Rivera coaches, and then – um, he fires, uh, you know, fires Ron Rivera halfway through a season and he's on his, it's, it's like, it felt like he was going to be hands off. He was going to be using his money, but he was going to be willing to spend on stuff that you can spend on. Like he wasn't gonna be worried about the salary cap. He's going to be, you know, he's going to spend up on coaches. And you saw that with Matt rule when he, when he hired him, but it's like every move that he's made has been so hands-on. It's like, has his fingerprints all over it. And I think that's the opposite of what you expect when a former minor Steelers minority owner purchases another team. So when did you first start to have concerns when he fired Ron Rivera? Or um, did you think that 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 was a reasonable thing to do? <laughs> no, I, I thought that, I thought that the two things, one, it's like he fires Ron Rivera. I, I think Ron Rivera was probably at the end of his run anyway. And I never begrudge a new NFL owner for, fi- for, for getting their own coach. Like you just spent several billion dollars on a football team. You can hire who it's your company. You, you own the company. You can, you know, I, I mean, I, th- I think that there are certain things I would do if I owned an NFL team, but I say that and I'm not a billionaire, right? Like I might act differently. I, I think, I think that, you know, an NFL owner who buys a new team and there's a bunch of stuff in place, there's, you know, res- reserves the right to build that team in the, in the image they want. I mean, they, they bought the team. That's, that's, that's your prerogative. Um, but firing Ron Rivera, a guy who'd been one, he saw through the change in ownership with the whole Jerry Richardson scandal. Um, two, he had taken this team to a Super Bowl. Three, like widely regarded, whether you like him as a coach or not, widely regarded as one of the best people in the NFL, I think, right? Ron Rivera, if find, find somebody who's going to speak ill of Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera is a person, and, I, and I'd love to meet him. Um, and so to fire him mid-season, after all he'd done for the franchise, felt a little off. And then you go and hire Matt Rule, and then like Matt Rule's first uh, move, essentially, is to ditch Cam Newton 
on like an Instagram post on a Friday. It was like the timing. It, it, people kind of forget about it now. It's innocuous, but it was a little. And I'm not saying that you have to like pay homage to all these, you know, people who I just feel like there's a way to treat people who have been in an organization for a long time and who, you know, borderline ring of honor dudes and guys who, you know, won an MVP for your franchise. Yeah. You went to the Super Bowl. Um, that was a little odd. And then, you know, just sort of the way that they handle the quarterback position, I think to me is like the, has been the biggest, the coaches and the quarterbacks have been the biggest red flag that have really, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think Tepper was, it was on the radar, his aggressiveness pretty early. And so when you say they have a Tepper problem, it basically just means you think he's too involved, too hands-on, and he's the one pulling these triggers and making these mistakes. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Scott Fitter, and I can't, you know, I can't, I mean, see, he's, he's a noted trader, but he comes from the John Schneider, like, like tree of, 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 of personnel management. Is John Schneider trading a ton of assets to move from ninth to first overall? Probably not. Unless you have an absolute conviction on a, a singular player who can change your franchise forever. And the Panthers didn't have that because they didn't know who they were going to get when they traded up. They just wanted to get a quarterback. And I think if you listen to David Tepper talk, you can hear him repeatedly. When he hired Matt Rule, oh, this is like the funniest, I think the, let me see if I can find the exact quote, but it's, when he hired Matt Rule, um, he he had a couple quotes that I think are just hilarious. And there's an article on Panthers.com that's still up there. Um, he references Chuck Knoll, who took over the Steelers in 1969, right? He's like, he built a program that has lasted through three coaches, 10% of Knoll. That's what I hope Matt Rule can do for us here. He's a program builder. Now, later on, he also says about Matt Rule, um, he dresses like bleep and sweats all over himself. He dresses like me, so I have to love the guy. I was a short-order cook. He was a short-order cook. Nobody gave him anything. Nobody gave me anything. He had to work hard for everything he got. It's like, okay, I guess like he dresses like bleep and sweats all over himself. Does it really vibe with Chuck Knoll and program building? But w- whatever. I mean, the, the point being is like you keep hearing Tepper talk about program builders as coaches, and you keep hearing him obsess over franchise quarterbacks. Now, he's not wrong, but he's – he, you it, it flies in the face of building a program, of building a culture, of building a team in the NFL, and also simultaneously blindly chasing after the like the the nearest shiny quarterback object. Like they have paid Teddy Bridgewater a ton of money and only tried it for one year and it didn't work for them and they gave up on it. So they traded a second round pick for Sam Darnold and immediately picked up his fifth year option, which is just a, a ridiculous. Like even if even if if Sam Darnold has like a Pro Bowl season, just franchise tag him. It's not that much more. Like, you picking up his option was insane. The Darnold thing didn't work out, and so they trade for Baker Mayfield. And then that same offseason, they trade, a bu- like, a bunch of assets to move up and get Matt Corral, who never played a snap for the team because there was a run of quarterbacks in a bad quarterback draft class. So that all fails. And then they're like, all right, we're firing everybody, and we're going to hire Frank Reich, and we're going to trade up and get a quarterback, and Frank's going to make that quarterback great. And then 11 games in, they fire Frank Reich. Like, it's it's the the lack of patience for a guy who supposedly comes from, you know, comes from identifying distressed assets and, and rebuilding them, and also from the Steelers is just, it's, it's, it's stunning. So let's talk about the quarterback thing. I want to give you just uh, a blank space here to talk about Bryce Young, what you think of him, how you're feeling about him. Well, um, I think 
I think it's one thing to, it's like, what does an NFL like evaluator think? What does an NFL analyst think? What do potential coaches think is maybe the biggest factor. I'll tell you what the fans think. The fans are like, we made a mistake. And it's looking like Ross, that the Panthers may very well, if they finish with the first, if they finish with the worst record in football, it's possible that, that they, they will have traded the right, they will have traded Jalen Carter, who went ninth overall, which is their original pick. DJ Moore, who they included in the trade. Caleb Williams, assuming he leaves USC and goes pro and is available at the first overall pick. And two second round picks for the rights to choose Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. That doesn't look so hot right now. Um, I don't think that Bryce Young has gotten a fair shake with this Panthers team. One of the things, uh, Joe Person of The Athletic, who does a great job covering the team, has referenced several times. I think it's sort of flying under the radar. Um, when they hired Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator, they had to integrate a bunch of concepts he brought from the Rams into Frank Reich's offense. And it didn't go smoothly. It's what's led to some of the bad play calling. It's what's led to Bryce Young not really – the learning curve has been increased like steepened because of these trying to integrate multiple offenses because they want there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Um, you know, they had all these, these, all these years of experience in there. Jim Caldwell. Now the special assistant to Thomas Brown, which is a whole, like why is Jim Caldwell the special assistant to the offensive coordinator? What, what are we doing here? Um, and then, you know, look, Scott Fitterer, I'm not saying he made, made every is his decision to make all these trades, but um, he, he takes the blame for the roster as the general manager. And, you know, Adam Thielen's been awesome as an underneath weapon for Bryce Young. He can't be the number one. Jonathan Mingo and DJ Chark haven't provided that downfield threat that they need. Uh, Hayden Hurst, you know, same thing. Like, they don't challenge – they cannot challenge anyone vertically. And my boy, Iki Iquanu, I, mean, I love him, man. He's awesome. Uh, I think he'll I think he'll be good eventually. But, oh, buddy, is he having a rough season at left tackle – um, we'd seen some progression late last year. And I think it's, you know, you, you have to, you have to wonder, uh, yeah, I mean, like he got torched for that final play, um, against the Titans. And so like Bryce Young has no protection. He has a convoluted offense that was pulling in multiple directions and he doesn't really have any weapons. It's essentially the opposite of what CJ Stroud got in Houston. CJ Stroud got a Bobby Slowick offense that is straight out of the Kyle Shanahan stuff, but with, you know, integrated stuff designed for, to help CJ Stroud. An underrated set of young weapons who can challenge vertically and Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and then Dalton Schultz has been a, a revelation for them. Uh, really good head coach and a, and a good offensive line. It's the like I think if you put CJ Stroud, I think if you flip Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I'm not so sure that it, that you wouldn't be getting. I'm not. I don't want to take away from CJ Stroud because he's playing great football, but I think I think where you go and who you're like who you're, what's the system you're in and the stuff around you matters as a young quarterback, and I think you're seeing that in a very stark contrast between Carolina and Houston right now. Sounds to me like Panthers fans need to drink some Labatt Blue Lights so that they feel a little bit better about their situation. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. thought it was interesting that Tabor gets the job, the interim job, Will. First thing he does, reportedly, is fire Josh McCown and Deuce Staley. Is that because... Those are guys that probably thought they should have been the interim guy. Like that, that's interesting to me. This is Josh McCown's first NFL coaching job, right? Because he was a, he was yes. a high, the Texans wanted to hire him out of high school, and then obviously you know that turned into a whole thing. I I sort of I uh, and again I'm, I think I'm citing Joe Person here, reading his article on the Athletic, but um, he 
I believe it was Joe who referenced how it was similar to last year when Matt Rule was fired, Steve Wilkes takes over, and then Steve Wilkes fired a bunch of Matt Rule loyalists, like Phil Snow, I think, where he's like, Phil, like, like, Ed right, Foley. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and look, that's not unreasonable. You know, Matt, these guys left, they uprooted their lives several times and they followed Matt Rule to Charlotte. No, look, they all got paid. It's fine. It's, you know, it, it's, it's part of the business. It sucks. And they got fired midway through their, you know, they're thinking we're going for a long time and they get fired midway through the two and a half years. I, if I'm Steve Wilkes, I understand why. And like, I understand why Steve Wilkes would do that. And so I wonder, is that the case here? Is it like a power struggle situation? Because when you see Jim Caldwell now attached to um, Thomas Brown as the special assistant. And so it's like, were there factions within this coaching staff? And then you hear Frank Reich talking to Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. And he said, this is probably the end of his NFL career. But Frank Reich said that he's, he's, he seemed to indicate that he might be done coaching. And so I sort of wonder what was really going on, what was going on behind the scenes with this coaching staff that maybe, you know, we're, we're led to believe, you know, it's like this 200 years of experience. Uh, you know, these guys, it's all-star coaching staff. Was, was there like a bunch of like faction, like, like, like mean girl style power struggle, like, like factions going what, on? With what the coaching did, staff? what did you make of Frank calling him Mr. Tepper? Because as a former Washington Redskin, Mr. that Snyder. raised an antenna for me with Mr. Snyder, with Frank calling him Mr. Tepper. Mr. I, I they, everyone called Jerry Richardson Mr. Richardson too, which okay. is a little so I I, I but I, it's not like David Tepper is like a Southern dude. He's from Pittsburgh, right? I mean, it's just like I, uh, I thought it was odd. I thought it was I thought it was. Although I guess I mean I, f- I feel like maybe that happens more often with the NFL with the coaches than than not. And Mr. Benson, I feel like Scott Sean Payton always called. He went like Tom's up there, uh, you know, like R.I.P. Yeah, Tom you're probably right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, just I, from my experience with the Washington, I was thinking about that. The no, last no, I, 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 I saw that too. It, it definitely, it definitely pops something up in my head. But I think, I think sometimes the coaches do it out of deference. And I thought it was interesting. He I mean, said they don't say that about in, in Philly. They call him Jeffrey Laurie. Like, yeah, they don't, don't say know. Mr. Yeah, like yeah, he didn't say Mr. Lurie. I, but I thought it was interesting too. Is Frank Reich was very adamant about not he wasn't going to say he's like i have nothing bad to say about mr tepper personally or professionally we had a you know our relationship was great he did what he had to do it's it, to me it sounded like frank reich's been burnt out for like a month yeah but that's also what you say when you want to make sure you can collect the rest of your money right and you and you've got a guy who might be willing to sue you for like for or you have like a not like a non-disclosure non-disparagement clause or something in your contract you don't yeah, want to mess I mean, with it. Yeah. Look, he seemed like the type of guy that would try to find a way to get out of that. So Yeah. Um last thing will by the way, why do you think Matt Rule was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this Nebraska money now. Even if it's gonna offset my Panthers money, I know I'm gonna get this cash. Yeah, I think there's probably some truth to that. Uh any hope, Will? Right now? Not much. Um I, I think it I think I think the best possible hope for the Panthers would be that, and this is obviously the, the people are banding around the Belichick pipe dream. I mean, I you know I don't think it's like that insane because they have a quarterback who played for Nick Saban, um, and you have an owner who might be willing to say, "All right, I'm going like if Belichick's out in New England, like I don't know what you have to give to get to get him. I mean, if he's going to be out anyway, it can't be that expensive. And I, I think that's where he's going, Carolina. I think Belichick's going to go to Carolina or Washington. Okay, sorry. So you don't think it's a pipe dream then? Not at all. No, not at all. I think I, I think, think he's going to think the NFC South is very winnable. Yes. 
and uh, he get can a coach up the offensive Denver. line. He, yeah, and um, he likes Bryce Young, I bet, and maybe he'll even bring Bill O'Brien. Uh, I don't know. Yep, it'll be interesting. Or bring or bring Josh McDaniels. Like a Josh McDaniels system would work really well with Bryce Young and that quick hitting stuff. You use that first pick in the second round, maybe, or maybe you go sign a receiver in free agency or something like that. There's a pretty good list. Someone will get franchise tagged. But I think Tepper, that, 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 that was sort of the point I was getting at. It's like somebody, like if they go and get Ben Johnson, right, and bring him in, it's, it's Scott Fitter is almost certainly getting fired this offseason. I would be really surprised if he's not. I, I think – He's going to take some – right took the blame now. Scott Fitter's going to take the blame in the offseason. Um, but if you go get Brian Johnson, you're ultimately going to have to find, like, some GM – you're just going to repeat the same cycle, right, where, you're like, Tepper's going to be involved. If you go get Belichick and you make a splash and overpay the Patriots for him, and I'm sure they'd be fine with that, you can say, I'm giving you full control and let and, let, and then let Belichick run it. And if Belichick succeeds – which is, I think, not that unreasonable that the greatest NFL coach in history would do well, then you get credit for it. And if and if he doesn't, then you just fire him like everybody, fire everybody else. <laughs> Check him out on social media, at Will Brinson. Does an awesome job. It's the Pick 6 podcast as well. Will, you're the man. Thank you so much for the time, buddy. Anytime, Ross. See you, buddy. Man, that does not sound real good for Carolina Panthers. What does sound good? Speaking a second language. You know how impressed people are when they realize you can speak a second language? Or even if you can just speak and understand a second language? That's why I'm all about Babbel. It works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language language apps that are basically games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. The key is it's designed for real conversation, and you can specifically look at the lessons you want to know, like restaurant ordering, stuff like that. And I got a special limited-time deal for you guys, my listeners, to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. I know some of you are going international over the holidays, or you just want something different as a holiday gift, but only for you guys, babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tux takes. All right, Ross, we'll start. 25 Hall of Fame semifinalists have been announced. And I'm going to make this my Labatt take of the day, actually, Jack, or Labatt take of the week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner, enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I encourage all of you, look at the list of the 25 Pro Football Hall of Fame semifinalists and tell me which guys are definitely not Hall of Famers. It just goes to show, number one, how hard it is to pick and number two how difficult it is to get in the hall of fame i mean you go right down the line eric allen jared allen willie anderson awesome tiki barber anquan bolden jari evans london fletcher my former teammate he should be in dwight freening antonio gates eddie george james harris another former teammate rodney harrison devin hester 
absolutely deserves to be in. Torrey Holt? Are you kidding me with his numbers? Andre Johnson, Robert Mathis, Julius Pepper, Steve Smith Sr., Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, Ricky Waters, Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilfork, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. I challenge you, reply to this video with the guys that are absolutely not Pro Football Hall of Famers in your mind. Pretty hard to do. Vikings activate wide receiver Justin Jefferson. They cut wide receiver Nikhil Harry. It's, it's crazy how a first-round pick like Nikhil Harry can all of a sudden just turn into, like, he's just a body there until they got Justin Jefferson back. Now they're getting Justin Jefferson back, and now Harry is exposable, right? Like, they can they can cut him, move on from him, don't need him. That's... Big news, though, for the Vikings to get Justin Jefferson back. I mean, with the way Addison's been playing, they could be legit on offense if they get Dobbs or whoever's a quarterback playing a little bit better and have both those receivers now. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor is going to need thumb surgery, and he will be out about two to three weeks. Yeah, a little bit uh, unusual in the sense that he played really well on Sunday in that win over the Bucks, and he played the whole game, right? But... Sometimes this happens. Just goes to show you, by the way, how tough NFL players are. Finish the game with a thumb injury that requires surgery. I mean, most people wouldn't have stayed at their desk for the rest of the day at their office job, let alone played in the rest of a pro football game. And Eagles cut Josiah Scott, and they will host linebacker Shaq Leonard after he visited with the Cowboys yesterday. So I think now that the Eagles are getting healthier, again, on the, sec- in, on the secondary, uh, they don't need Josiah Scott anymore. He was a guy that was kind of uh, for emergency purposes, but now they're getting their guys back, so they feel better about that. And then, yeah, Shaq Leonard, that'll be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm not overly enthused about that for any team, just in the sense that the Colts were paying him a lot of money, and they still weren't playing him. And they cut him even though they owed him a lot of money. Not not a great sign for Shaq Leonard. I think he's had two back surgeries. As a guy that had one, that is not real good. Other than that, make sure you check out the Fantasy Feast podcast today. And, and yesterday's even money if you didn't already. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out MyFrontPageStory.com. Do you have holiday gifts for all of your loved ones? Your mom, your dad, siblings, spouse? You probably don't. And even if you do, you don't have the best gift. MyFrontPageStory.com. It's written all about them. BackOfficeScheduler.com. Go-Bangles.com. SteakhouseSports.com. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sportaculture. And the always delicious Pizza Boy Brewing.